welcome to the Creative Marketing Show with your host, Rosh Sillers. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Show. I'm your host, Rosh Sillers. Hey, we have a great show today. This week, we are talking about do you or how can you generate multiple sources of income for your business. And as we grow our creative businesses, it's important to understand that other sources of income will help make us more viable over time. Last week, we had a great show. Uh, we talked about pricing and a lot of people seem to like that show. It's still, people are still listening to the show. And I think um, it's going to continue to grow for a while. It is a hot topic. And of course, it is the foundation of what we talked about in the early days of this show. Pricing is a big topic, and I'm sure we'll come back to that again because people are always looking for new ways to price their, their products, their services, and honestly, to make a living. Hey, if you're uh, new to the show, be sure to subscribe uh, here on YouTube. You can catch me live 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We started a little bit later today because I had a little bit of a tooth issue and I wanted to give enough time to get back from the dentist. Uh, so we started about 4.15 this week, but generally 4 o'clock. And if you have questions, put them in the comments uh, as you were watching live. And if you are just watching later, maybe at RoshSillers.com, you can feel free to put comments and questions there as well as on the replay on YouTube and all that, you know, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, we're there for your convenience. So this week in the Create Marketing Show 437, we want to focus on how you can generate additional sources of income. And as many of you know, who watch these shows, it, you know, 7531 is a combination I like to work with and the seven is seven sources of income. And it's important to have multiple sources of income. Why? Because people who are really making it in this world have more than one source of income. And one of the questions later in this conversation, somebody had a good question about being a purist, and I think it is a good topic to address. And so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later because I think that, you know, it's something a lot of us want to be, a purist in what we do. And you still can be. That doesn't mean you don't have a core. That doesn't mean you are not still the best at what you do. But because there are other ways to earn additional income to make your career, your choice, your small business more viable, that's just going to make you know, your business healthier and allow you to continue to do what you love to do. So what are some of the things that we you know, want to consider? Well, my, one of my favorite things are what about the pre and post production of what you do? Sometimes what we do, there's a planning stage and there's a post stage to what our core uh, market service, whatever it is we do. And maybe there's some things that we can do in the pre planning of or in the follow up of our core business. Now, you know that better. Maybe other people are doing those things. Maybe you can bring people on board to support you with that. That's something that, you know, definitely consider. Look at all the elements it takes, all the things that you could possibly do that leads a person to the point of wanting to use you for what your service is. 
we talk photographers, we, you know, that's a big topic. What are some of the pre-production items? Uh, but there's so many different types of businesses out there that require planning. And maybe you can make it easier for the customer to choose you because you're a little more part of the planning stage or you really do follow up well. One of the things that I, it's kind of funny, I just had a video on the other channel, Rosh.video. You can head on over and check those out, those videos out. And I, I talked about starting a business with no money. And it was kind of funny. I noticed early on that people were dropping off at the two minute mark. And I was, why, why the two minute mark? Why? I mean, it's about a six minute video, so that's only a third of the way through. Is it something I said? And, and you know what? It was. It was something I said. I, um, I, I got to the two minute mark to see what, what I was saying. And what I was saying was, get a job. <laughs> I was saying, you know, it's, it's okay in the beginning of starting your business to get a job. And that was the point in which people say, oh, no, <laughs> get a part-time job is what I was saying. And they're like, nope, not doing that. <laughs> and they clicked off the video. I thought that was the funniest thing. It was almost on the dot. And so, yeah, so a lot of people don't want to don't want to add additional jobs to what they do. But sometimes you have to do that. And what I explained during that part of the video was that, yes, I actually worked at a furniture store. And no, I didn't want to sell furniture for the rest of my life, but it allowed me to do what I love to do, keep it viable. And, and because I did that for two years, I was able to put the additional money into my company, pay my bills, and I wasn't working from a struggling point. And I think a lot of times when people start businesses, and in the beginning, you're going to have one source of income in the beginning. It's just that simple. You know, start there, get that really good, let that be your core. But if you want to expand, you need to find multiple sources. But even in the very beginning, having a source of income that allows you to do what you love to do can be extremely valuable. Hey, great, Benjamin, thank you so much. So some other things that I would want you to consider, as I mentioned before, the pre and, pre and post work, but also, what are some of the things that you have as part of your business? Are the, can you rent? Can you rent something that you only use once in a while? Or maybe you rent something often and see use of that item in your business, and maybe you just buy one. You say, well, I'm not going to use it all this piece of equipment all the time. Well, then rent it out. That could be another source of income. I have a friend who rented out a machine. He worked in the TV business and he was always working on this machine and he noticed that the companies, the affiliates around the country as he was using this machine, they were renting them and he thought, you know, I should get the newest, greatest machine and start renting it to these companies and he started doing that and it worked. Not only that, he had some software. He spent a lot of money created software for the machines and it was better than what was out there and something that they needed and he licensed that out and he did very well. 
by seeing some elements. He didn't stop doing what he loved to do, but he, he looked at all the elements around what he was doing and he was able to buy the machine and have software created. He took some risks, but boy, the rewards were awesome. So what could you rent related to create additional sources of income around what you do? What about referral fees? What about not taking every job and opportunity that comes your way, especially when you're really busy? Why don't you find a trustworthy network of people to refer to? And I did that early in my career, especially on the photography side, and I do that today on the digital marketing side. On the photography side, I found other photographers who are doing types of photography that I did not do. And since I became a rep, although I was doing media photography, so I didn't rep other media photographers, but there were, there were some hiring commercial work that I did not do. And so I brought in those photographers and showed their work and when those opportunities came to me, rather than doing things that would ruin my reputation, I think a lot of times we forget that. We take on projects that could ruin our reputation if we don't do it well. Now, eventually, maybe you'll get to the level that can do what it is you know, they're doing. And that happened with me. Over time, my level of photography certainly got out of the traditional media and more into marketing and advertising. And so that gave me new opportunities for income there. But during that time, I, I had other people do the work and I received, I received a commercial commission, but you could use referral fees. And that's what I've done with other people, say in the marketing field, where there are a number of website designers and people who do things that I don't do necessarily. I'm kind of what happens after you launch the website, but sometimes we need a website. So I'll do small websites, but if it's a big website, it's going to take too much time. I need someone else to do it, so I will refer that out. And in some, some situations, we, we actually we do use referral fee systems that work very, very well. Now, if you're more in the internet marketing world, you can always create affiliates. You know, maybe you create your own affiliates, or as we've mentioned before, or you can, if you, there's a product that you really believe in, Check out and see if they have an affiliate program and you can you can pitch it. If there was something I wanted to pitch today and there was an affiliate link, I could put it in in the description of YouTube. I don't have that. I'm not, not trying to pitch you anything. I'm just saying that that could be the case today or a blog post. There are a number of ways to go about it. So consider that. So what are we talking about? Think about pre and post of your work. Is there something you can rent? Referral fees, affiliate fees, and royalties. Now, obviously, those of you in the photography world, you know about royalties, but you know you can you can write. There's a number of things that you can do. You can create if you create. There's a possibility for royalty fees. Now, that's an area that certainly has diminished over time, but there are still opportunities. I still receive royalty checks from photography and books that I've written. So. It's, it's not a huge amount of money, but it's always nice when you get that extra little check with some money once in a while. So I found that extremely valuable. What about using technology? Well, you know, what, what, can, you, what can you create that you could sell on Amazon, eBay, Etsy? And it could be totally related to going back to the conversation we had before about what can you rent, what can you sell? Because, you know, sometimes... There are 
things that you create or you kind of put together to make your life a little bit easier in your business. But, you know, there's nothing really, no one's really designed the best fix, the best tool. Maybe you can create that and sell that online and you can test it online. I, uh, about a year ago, there was a guy who created what is referred to as the drill pilot and I helped market that. And the drill pilot basically was allowing people to put a drill in and, and keep it focused, you know, at an angle. If you want, you know, there are a number of people kind of put things together to create um, these drill pilot kind of items, but this was something he created out of plastic and it worked really well. And so if you want to drill a straight hole in the side of a round ball, you could do that in that exact spot or on the corner. And it worked really well. And we sold a lot of those. We just came up with the idea. And this is a guy who's always coming up with ideas and engineering things and putting things together. But maybe there's something that you, you know, are kind of created yourself, doesn't work great, but if you put a little time and effort into it, might work a little bit better. Or something that you wished you had, you could create. And then you could test it out on eBay, Etsy, or wherever it may be, your, your own Shopify site. See if that works, and then maybe look for somebody to either buy the idea um, or you know help you distribute the, the concept. Number of ways you can go about this. So when I talk about seven sources of income, it, it doesn't mean here's your core, you do this for a living, and now you're also going to, you know, sell some kind of multi-level marketing over here and you're going to do affiliate marketing over there and you're going to, you know, wash dishes, you know, for a restaurant over here. And I mean, it, no, the seven sources of income can be totally related to what you do. And I highly recommend that, especially if you want to focus. Now, as I mentioned, there was a good question about, about specializing and, uh, Oh, hey, it's Eric. How you doing? So I so I would I want to get into that in a moment, but I want to share some of the news that has uh, come up. A few things that I thought were interesting. And uh, so one of the things Twitter just released is this subscribe to excuse me. Wow. You can subscribe. I'm having a little bit of a day today. <laughs> wow. Um, Subscribe to conversations. If there's a conversation you don't want to comment in, but you want to follow, it looks like they're testing it out. So you can you can follow conversations on Twitter. I thought that was interesting. We'll see how that comes through and if that actually happens. So there'll be a subscribe button uh, along the side of the like button and so forth. Something of interest. There are two two news things that I thought were of value to us specifically in our conversations here. One is a big search engine optimization update in Google. I want to talk about that. And then also what happens, uh, what could happen to your data if you just leave it up to the social media platforms. The SEO, there's a big update for search engine optimization that came through, I would say in the last seven days. And hey, how you doing? Read art and imaging. Good to have you here. So what I've seen, and I've actually done the comparisons. I took some of my, I actually have tools that I can compare in the SEO world. 
and see what was happening before the change and what's happening afterwards and what Google is now prioritizing. And what I've seen, and also reading some other people's comparisons too. One, I've mentioned this before, how schema, schema.org, is becoming more important. That became even more important. Titles and tags and, and keywords became more important, again. And also relevancy. This is something they've been working on, and I kind of see that. I can kind of interpret all this. So I went back into some of my pages and tried, them, tried to make them more relevant to the title of the, of the page. Sometimes you can go askew, you can start playing with different types of you know, headings and trying to really make things work. Sometimes your, your page can look a little Frankensteinish. Maybe that's just me. Maybe, maybe I'm the one who's doing that and I need to go back and streamline and really focus a page. So take a look at your pages and see how relevant the rest of that page is related to your headline of your web pages. That's something to really be focused on. This is obviously something related to YouTube also. Um, I have a, I have something that I've been working with and I'm testing right now that I'm referring to, and you're the first people to hear this, is the, uh, um, the suggestion ladder, the video suggestion ladder. Um, I'll get more into that later, but we've talked about variations of this, and it's something I'm working with that I th seems to be working out pretty well to help uh, get more views on my my uh, videos. So, but it also has to do with relevancy, of course, and that is, of course, what we're seeing in Google too, is that relevancy element all the way across the board. More and more relevancy becoming a big deal. Okay, so the thing about having your stuff in the cloud, MySpace. I know it's an old topic, but it's relevant as of today because if you had songs between the years 2003 and 2015, you don't anymore if it was the only place you kept it, which was, was MySpace. They lost all the music during that time, during a little glitch, during a migration. So um, server migrations are real, my friend. <laughs> In problems. I don't know why all that wasn't backed up in a way that couldn't be recovered, but it sounds like it was. And so think about that when you're depending on the cloud to save all of your stuff. So I thought that was worth mentioning to my friends here on this channel. Okay, back, back to the questions related to our topic of the day, additional source of income. And, and the first question was a question I've gotten from a few people. And I know sometimes say, well, well, how come you're, you know, not attributing these questions at the end to specific people? And I will if somebody says, hey, my question, could you, you know, reference me? It's a lot of times these questions are hybrids of multiple people. And that's why I don't always name names. Although I think that's a, a better way to go about it. But quite often I kind of whittle it down to about three questions, three, four questions. And the, the question that was relevant today uh, I'll check check into your, your statement or question in a moment, read, uh, read art and imaging. Um, let's see here. So why seven sources of income? Seven sources of income. Why, as I mentioned before, if you look into the background of the people who are doing really well, they have multiple sources of income. And there's one thing that we know for sure is that the economy goes up and down quite a bit. 
And it's nice to have sources that do better in slower economies and sources that do you know, well in great economies. And having those multiple sources makes us a little more recession-proof. And it's the recessions that kill us, especially as creatives. It's the recessions that kill us because we're one, especially digital marketing, photography, two areas I'm big into. Those are advertising are the first things to go when we hit a recession. So having other sources are really important. So if you can establish your core, then have those other sources of income, that can be really, really helpful and very powerful. And that's why I say seven sources. All right, let me catch it, catch up on your questions here. Uh, rarely a good idea to depend on someone else's web property to archive your works. You're absolutely correct. That That is true as true can be. You know, if you, my, my friend Peter Krogh wrote a book called the, the Damn Book, Digital Asset Management. And um, I, I don't know how many editions he's into now. He's about maybe three or four. And he taught me three, two, one. And that is three, and this is a little bit different today, but three locations or three types of media. <laughs> I don't forgot now, but you'll get the point. So let's just go down this way. Three, three locations, at least two different types of media, and one off-site. I think that's the three, two, one combination. It's been a while since I've recited it. Three copies, two forms of media, one offsite. Yes, that's it, Harley. Thank you. And and I found that to be extremely valuable. Obviously, the folks at MySpace did not read Peter's work. <laughs> um, yeah, multiple media, how long before no one can read a CD? That is so true. I, I have a CD from my that I made... Uh, a video of my daughter when she was about two or three and it was their first few years of her life. And I have a CD. She used to watch it over and over again. And she called it the you video. Cause we always say, Hey, that's you. That's you. And so she called that my, my you video and I can't, I can't play it. So that, yeah. Can you say zip, zip drive and side quest? I had both. <laughs> I might add, I had both. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, I got to tell you, um, anyway, I'm looking for somebody with a CD player. I think my family members have it. And uh, so anyway, yeah. So uh, you have to consider that. You, you know, the cloud is a good place to go. However, you should have some hard copies. All right. Okay. So the next question, uh, good. It's, it's amazing, you know, how quickly the technology uh, goes away. Okay. See, so this person, I'm a creative in a creative field. Is the market too saturated? And I get this a lot in many creative fields, and it's true in a lot of fields in general. The question, you know, because here's the deal. You can Google anything, pretty much. I've, I, I used this example the other day, and I've often used this example, but, you know, my friend who had heart surgery, and I, I said, hey, you know, I can just Google it, take care of you. And of course, obviously, no, 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 thank you. But, you know, if you can Google law and, you know, surgery, I mean, not that you want to do those things, but the point is the information is out there. Then let's talk about our creative, you know, the creative sides and, and the creative businesses. And 
the fact is, yes, the barrier to entry is so low that, yeah, the market's saturated. So what do we do about that? And that's when we step back and say, look, nobody has my eye, nobody has my approach, and I have to build what? You've heard me say it a thousand times, you need to build your brand to separate yourself from the competition. You have to worry about the people who want you, not the people who don't, not the people who are looking for the lowest price. You have to build, and it's not easy, but you can find them. It's like making friends. You have to be out there making friends, building relationships, and finding the people who are willing to pay for what you offer specifically because they're the friends of what it is that you specifically, they're fans of specifically of what you have to offer. All right, uh, more than ever, the brand needs to include value, and value is not price. Absolutely correct. Value is much more than price, and you need to. That is why, the, as I've mentioned many times before, that is why there are photographers who, who charge $50 and some who charge $50,000. And, and the, you know, are they always that much better? Perhaps in some cases they're really, really good, but in a lot of cases they just built their brand and reputation. They, not saying they don't deserve it. I'm saying that they built their brand and reputation in whatever level. And maybe they throw some style in there, of course. I mean, there are a lot of combinations to, to the success code for you, but brand is certainly a part of it. Okay, so that, that's the answer to that question. Is the market too saturated? Yes, but you can still win the game, is my answer. What happened to being an expert in one thing? And that's where I was going before. So what happened to that idea? Kind of the same thing is it's hard to be that expert. And I, I say that, you know, for the most part, it's kind of a 10% rule today now. 10% of the people can be a purist and especially in the creative fields, but a lot of times you need those other sources of income. When I say purist, that means they don't have any, they just do one thing, they do it so well, and there's such high demand for their work that that's it, you know, that's 10% of the people. Then I would say the other 20, 30% are pretty focused, but they have other sources of income or other elements that they, that they do as part of their business. And then, you know, definitely below the 50%, then, you, you know, it's just part of your income and you are, you have other multiple sources of income. You know, for me, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm in that below 50% these days, meaning I have multiple sources. I have a media company. There are a lot of different things that I do. Do I do a lot of photography? Absolutely. I, I'm thrilled with the amount of photography I get to do. And, and, and it all works together because that supports my media clients, my marketing clients. So am I a purist? Nope, not, not anymore. There was a time I was a pure photojournalist for the most part. Maybe I was in that 20, 20, 30% uh, because I was also doing some weddings and portraits on the side. That's what I mean. You know, a, a purist, purist photojournalist would be somebody who's just doing photojournalism and that's about it. You know, so, or whatever it may be, whatever your focus is as a business owner, if, is there one thing that you do super, super, super well, and that's what everybody is coming to you too. So don't, don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that. Uh, do, so, oh, Harley's asking, besides YouTube, do you do any other video? 
Do you see video cutting into your still work? Uh, no, um, I, I do some video, yes, Harley. I, um, but I, I kind of going to that conversation we were having earlier, knowing when to refer the business. I do basic stuff, and I, ha I just did a video for a client the other week, and they're thrilled. And I have done other video for them. They're thrilled. It's a level at which I'm comfortable with, but when it goes above and beyond a certain point, I say, look, I am going to refer this to one of my video partners who is going to take it to that commercial level that you're expecting. And that's why understanding expectations is so important. So is it eating into my still? No, still work is still work. I mean, there really is a different mindset between still and video. And I, that's the, a good, good thing as far as I'm concerned. I mean, still photography, I mean, I would say iPhones are more of a threat than the concept of video in general. But I remember early on when uh, a, a videographer that I knew said, one day we're not, we're not going to need any wedding photographers. They're just going to use all video and take the stills out, which is ridiculous. Because it's a different way of going about it. You're not going to have the same look. Not that you can't create a great image out of a still from video. Of course you can. But it's a different approach to the final image. And because you need a lot more, you know, especially when dealing with lighting and so forth, and capturing that decisive moment, yes, it can be done. Again, on video. But ultimately, I would rather use a good still camera to capture the still image. So that, that's where I am. But thanks for asking, Harley. That's, that's a good question. Um, all right, so we are wrapping up. We're at the very end. Sorry for the misfortunes in the beginning of having to restart. And of course, I think I fumbled around a little bit today in, in this video. I think I'm just a little off today, but I, I appreciate everybody showing up. And, and honestly, the good questions in the chat, we seem to be gaining some momentum each week. And we'll continue to do that. I think I think I think this podcast is in the right spot now over on the photo business channel. Um, although it's not pure photo business, I feel more comfortable talking about the photo business here. Although this is for everyone, of course, um, in, who has a creative business. I think I think it's just the comfort zone. And I, and I know I keep talking about this, but boy, I, I this this podcast has just been all over the place. Four hundred and thirty-seven uh, episodes. Let me tell you, you know, we've had you know, this direction, that direction, pivot here, pivot there. But, you know, you're always trying to keep it fresh. And no matter what you're doing, no matter how long you've been doing something, you always want to keep it fresh. Some of my ideas completely fail, and, and some of them are the right move. And I think this is the right move because I really do feel much more comfortable here on this channel talking about the things I'm talking about. And I can still reference the other channel, of course. And those of you who are interested in the other channel, that's Rosh.video, and that's my business and marketing channel. So... Okay, that's it. Thank you all. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your great questions. We'll talk to you next Monday, 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time.